you can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. It's the UEFA Champions League on Paramount+. Plus. Europe's top club soccer tournament. Champions versus champions. The best teams facing off in the knockout rounds. Magnificent! And it all takes place. While you're filling out financial reports at work. In the middle of your day. In the middle of your week. So use that second screen. Call in sick. Do whatever you gotta do to tune in Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Nobody watches the UEFA Champions League like us. Stream every match live exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Hey everyone, it's Lance Glenn, national podcast producer here at 24-7 Sports, and this is our best of the early signing day episode. We had an eventful start to the early signing period on Wednesday, filled with commitments, flips, surprise choices, and the release of a much-anticipated top five on the West Coast. I hope you enjoyed our eight-hour coverage of early signing day, and I hope you were happy with the results from your favorite school. I want to start when the day began as we looked at all these different programs that had the potential for big days. Alabama, LSU, Georgia, Clemson, and many others as well. One school that came up in conversation often, different from last year's signing day, was USC. Opportunities were there for the Trojans to move up, but the big target of course was, and still is, Corey Foreman. Opening up our best of the early signing day, Josh Pate, Steve Wiltfong, and Barton Simmons break down Foreman's top five and how big his commitment could be for Southern Cal. The very latest on Corey Foreman as the sun sorts of starts to come up on the nation this morning. Yeah, I think programs are expecting him to sign this afternoon. I think uh, one uh, person texted me the noon hour out there, so we'll see if that's uh, when it goes down. But uh, had a good meeting with Arizona State yesterday, I'm told. Clemson made their last pitch earlier this week, and it was USC at the end of last week. I think most people I talk to regarding Corey Foreman's recruitment, they feel like USC is, gonna, is the one to beat for the local five-star, but uh, Clemson and, and Arizona State are certainly pushing the Trojans to the finish line. It's You know, it's kind of weird. Like, Barton, we've been looking at the f list of finalists Steve's been talking about it every week on the Whip Around, which you find on the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel. I, I don't know, you know, in the NFL, they do scoregami, where if you have a unique final score, it fills a box. We've never seen that final score before. How often do we see a list of finalists that include Arizona State, and then LSU and Georgia just, I mean, listen, I'm sitting over here just doing a show every week. You guys are in the trenches every day. That's kind of unique to me, is it not? It is, and I think it's really interesting the different narratives that it presents for these schools. Uh, when you talk about Corey Foreman, okay, if he goes to USC, all right, are the Trojans back? Being able to land a guy like that, a guy they typically would have landed maybe five, six years ago, if they could finish with the number one player in the country, what does that mean for the future of Clay Helton and for the future of that program? All right, then there's Clemson, a team that, hey, look, they recruit at a high level, but sometimes, you know, this guy was a guy that decommitted from Clemson. They don't always recruit these California kids. That's sort of the new thing with guys like DJ Uyangalale. And so if they can finish that, does that continue? To, to mark Clemson's arrival as this program that's going to contend for a number one class 
every year. You got LSU, all right, shucking off whatever negative perception there is about that program based on a difficult season. They're still continuing to bang around. And then Arizona State, the way that they've continued to sort of be a, a dark horse come up team in the Pac-12. And then finally Georgia, a team that has just continued to be a factor for the best players in the country on signing day. So I just think it's really interesting the way that top five has come together. We entered spatula season, as Steve Wiltfong calls it, highlighting quite a few flips that occurred. First up, we head to Maryland, where they took from their Big Ten East brethren, grabbing one of the signature recruits in Mike Loxley's 2021 class. Brandon Jennings, uh, uh, out of the state of Florida as well, had been committed to the Michigan Wolverines. He announced that he is headed to play for Mike Loxley in Maryland. Maryland adding to the number 25 recruiting class in the country in landing Jennings, who's one of the more physically impressive looking prospects on the hoof at the position in this class out of Jacksonville. Sandalwood, his father played at Florida State, older brother uh, went to Miami out of high school. Uh, and, and, and for Jennings, this is actually the third time uh, that uh, he's made a commitment, first uh, committing to Florida State, then Michigan, and now Maryland, where he'll call home and, and help the Terrapins. As Maryland moves into this new facility that they're building there in College Park, they have a little buzz with the program, with, with, with some of the games they've played this year, and, and now they're coming in with a top 25 recruiting class with Brandon Jennings. A lot for Mike Loxley and company to be excited about up there in College Park. Barton, we talked about Brandon Jennings there, so let's work back to front. The outside linebacker flips from Michigan to Maryland, and when Mike Loxley was hired at Maryland, the first word out of anyone's mouth, even people who don't follow recruiting all that closely, hey man, Mike Loxley, heck of a recruiter. Well, this is exactly what you plan on. Yeah, and let's go back to last year. Um, signing day, one of the biggest storylines was a, a Maryland flip. Yeah. Rakim Jarrett, who had been committed to LSU throughout the cycle, uh, a DMV local, was sort of the signature commitment of the Mike Loxley era, okay? So th there, there's that. But also, even this season, you know, one of the bright spots for Maryland has been the play of some of their young guys, as expected, because as you mentioned, Mike Loxley can recruit at a high level. One of those guys, Ruben Hippolyte, who is a really athletic, really talented linebacker out of the state of Florida. He's been one of their better players on the defensive side of the ball, and he is a little bit of this sort of undersized, very athletic, very active linebacker prospect. Brandon Jennings comes in, again, another state of Florida linebacker who's massive, who's more of like a thumper, in-the-box type of player, and even maybe long-term can move down on the line of scrimmage. But I think to be able to do that on signing day two years in a row now, to be able to continue to mine the state of Florida, not just for the offensive guys, because we all knew Mike Loxley could pitch the offense the way he did at Alabama, the, with the way he can uh, recruit receivers, but to be able to do it on the defensive side of the ball too, I think that's pretty important. We head next to the SEC, where it was a battle in the state of Mississippi between the Rebels and the Bulldogs, with Lane Kiffin besting Mike Leach and pulling out this recruiting victory. Guys, I think we have another spatula rotch there in, in the state of Mississippi. Loving my crystal ball forecast from this morning on MJ Daniels to the Rebels. Ole Miss has the nation's number 18 recruiting class. MJ Daniels is currently committed to Mississippi State, but I think when it's all said and done, he's going to end up in Lane Kiffin's class, a class that's ranked number 18 nationally right now. But less than two weeks ago, guys, this class was in the 70s, man. So Ole Miss has, has been hauling uh, uh, you 
fill in the blank there uh, on the trail right now. And I think MJ Daniels is going to be the next one in for them. It's not a, a, a total loss of a day for Mike Leach in Mississippi State, though. Losing MJ Daniels is a blow uh, as far as we're concerned. Uh, uh, but Antonio Harmon, four-star receiver, announced for the Bulldogs uh, uh, earlier today. And, and Cannon Boone is an offensive lineman from Texas that was uh, undercover, highly recruited, and they flip him from Virginia Tech. So, Barton, I mean, thank you, Steve, first off. Secondly, Barton, you talked about Ole Miss potentially being a fast riser. I heard the names that were just thrown out there. I've heard you speak about these names, so immediate reaction to what we just heard. MJ Daniels is my guy now. I, I, I really like this pickup for Ole Miss. I, I think this is – he plays a lot of quarterback. He, he had as, – as a junior, he had all kinds of interceptions. His interception count was, was through the roof. He's got fantastic ball skills. He's got really good length. He's a multi-sport athlete. Anyone that knows me, like they know they're just checking off all these boxes of these guys that I, I really like and what it takes for me to believe in a guy. MJ Daniels has been a guy we've had our eye on in a while. And look, the, the All-American Bowl was canceled this year due to COVID concerns, but this is the type of player, had we seen him in that sort of setting, perhaps he rises even more. But I, I think in terms of a, an Ole Miss defense that's really struggled this year, this is the type of guy, look, if a ball's in the air, down the field, and, and, and some team's trying to run it up on Ole Miss, not anymore with this sort of athlete back there because he can go make a play on it. He can turn you over. He, he can create offense from defense. And so I think this is a really exciting pickup for Ole Miss. Two of the marquee programs in the country also found themselves fighting one another as LSU and Alabama so often go after the same targets. This time it was Keanu Coat, and the Tigers and the Tide were jockeying for his signature. But we'll start with Keanu Coat, and he has indeed flipped his commitment from LSU to Alabama, adding to Alabama's number one ranked recruiting class, uh, gives, giving Alabama the top two pass rushers in the state of Florida committed. Keanu Coat now running alongside Dallas Turner. This is a young man we recently just boosted high in our uh, uh, top 100 uh, after strong senior film, but he's been one of the best pass rushers uh, down there in Florida for the last two cycles as you see him on film slamming quarterbacks to the ground right now. Uh, I asked uh, uh, a source right now uh, what, what do you think the difference was between Alabama and LSU here down the stretch and I got back a good relationship with Coach Saban and Coach Sal, and, and I think that it's sometimes what's lost in the shuffle, uh, Sal Sincere, he he's always recruiting his tail off, but how much time Nick Saban uh, uh, puts into FaceTiming with these kids or, or, or getting on the phone with these young men and, and, and having his P's and Q's in order when he's talking to Keanu Coe, and then obviously uh, uh, the results on the field speak for itself with, with, with uh, Alabama playing for championships every year, and then when the NFL draft comes around, you know, a lot of those young men hearing their names there's been a lot more attention on Jackson State this cycle compared to previous signing days, mostly because of new head coach Deion Sanders. What kind of impact would he make? Could he go head-to-head -head with power programs for recruits? Well, on early signing day, he proved that student-athletes want to play for Coach Prime. Dewan Warren, the number one junior college cornerback uh, in the land, has flipped his commitment from Georgia to Jackson State. Our insider on this one, 24-7 Sports National Analyst Brian Doan, had been all over th this one this week. But Jackson State, they have the number one class in their conference per 24-7 Sports. And Dewan Warren, one of the jewels alongside Deion Sanders' son, Shadur Sanders. And... and Corners want to play for Deion Sanders, right, Josh and Barton? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a logical conclusion there. And obviously, we're looking at the notable Jackson State commits here. And Barton, I just got to be honest with you as we go to break here, it's not a graphic we've looked at in recent times. It's not. And look, I think the real test is going to be what does that graphic look like 
next year after the the product on the field like what's the product on the field going to look like and is that going to be consistent with the promise that Deion Sanders is pitching right now because right now it's 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 easy I mean you're Deion Sanders and you've already have some relationships built with these players he's involved in the Under Armour All-American game and and some of these other settings he'll host these camps and so there's a lot of ways Deion Sanders is very relatable in this process on top of the fact that he's one of the most iconic defensive players ever to play the game. So he's going to have some success early on. And, and look, if he can find some success on the field as well, it, it's, it's going to be tough for him to, to lose in FCS battles. But the fact he's taking a guy from Georgia yeah. is pretty insane. As the day came to a close, we saw some of the negative effects of the South Carolina coaching change. Luckily for Mike Norvell and Florida State, Shane Beamer's loss was their gain. George Wilson's headed to Florida State. This is a prospect that was at one point committed to South Carolina, and they beat out North Carolina, who was blistering hot on the trail at that time, but he commits to South Carolina, and then obviously they have their coaching change. Then George Wilson becomes a heavy trend to Auburn. They have their coaching change, and here's Florida State able to give him a soft landing in a class where they also flipped Patrick Payton from Nebraska, giving the Knowles two high upside pass rushers here in this class as they not only try and retool their roster, uh, 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 but also continue to, to work on that culture there. Moving on to those who made their initial commitments Wednesday, we saw many schools add to and even put the finishing touches on their 2021 classes. Even as they enter what could be an offseason full of news, Jim Harbaugh and Michigan managed to pick up a top 24-7 running back and receiver to help out five-star quarterback commit J.J. McCarthy. Donovan Edwards, the four-star running back, does indeed choose Michigan. So let's get starting with you, Barton. Immediate reaction here. Well, I think it's huge, and it continues to reinforce that this was a really strong year for Michigan on the recruiting trail considering what happened on the field. And less than ideal results on the field. Disappointing season. And yet they continue to, to keep this class held together. So much so now that they're actually landing a commit on signing day. The, the, the level of Donovan Edwards, who is getting... Uh, pulled by a team in Georgia that is as, as uh, good from a recruiting standpoint at the running back position as there is, and a Notre Dame team that's absolutely killing it right now on the field, heading to the potential college football playoffs with the run game being a big part of their offense, and yet the relationships in place that Michigan was able to establish with Donovan Edwards was enough to hang on to them. Uh, just a really strong testament to their recruiting ability. First, Donovan Edwards. Then wide receiver Xavier Worthy decided to take his talents to Ann Arbor, Michigan. Steve Wolfong, it's been about four or five minutes since we've had a signing day alert, so I really feel like we need another one here. It's not Mason Smith. It's actually Xavier Worthy. We've talked about him several times today. Is he going to stick with Michigan? In the end, he absolutely does. Xavier Worthy to Michigan. Your first thoughts? As expected, Xavier Worthy re-ups with Michigan. And my first thoughts are Michigan may have the fastest receiver core in college football in a couple years with A.J. Henning, a 4-4 guy, Roman Wilson, a 4-3 guy, and uh, Xavier Worthy, a sub-11 guy, easy in the 100-meter dash. That's speed for days for, for Michigan. And when Josh Gaddis got the job, the offensive coordinator at Michigan, he talked about speed and space. And, and uh, adding Xavier Worthy to that group that also includes running back Blake Corum, who was a 4-4 guy and, and new running back commit Donovan Edwards, who shows to be versatile and, and, and dynamic in space as well. This is a group of five guys that could be really scary for Michigan for years to come. Yeah, just to follow up on that, I mean, it, it's kind of hard to conceptualize how this offense doesn't work at some point. I know that this didn't work this past year. I know it didn't look great. 
and, and obviously the defense had its own issues, but with the personnel that they've now accumulated in Ann Arbor, I've got a hard time figuring out how they don't start putting up some serious numbers on the offensive side of the ball because, as Steve mentioned, Blake Corum is electric at the running back position. Xavier Worthy is an absolute speed demon, and he's probably not even the fastest guy in that room right now. He might be, but that's the point, is they've got two or three guys that could be named the fastest guy in that wide receiver room. So I, I just think if you're going to defend Michigan in the, over the next couple of seasons, there, there's a lot of speed coming at you you have to deal with. Even after their up and down season, LSU made splashes on National Signing Day. They added speed and size to that defense and players that they hope can contribute to another national title in Baton Rouge. And this is a big pickup for multiple reasons. First, it's one of the top cover corners in, in, in the country. Four pick sixes in his high school career, 10 interceptions. But then they lose Nathaniel Wiggins, another top 100, top 247 player last week. He flips to Clemson. They have a big void at corner, able to pivot here and land Demarius McGee, who is a one-time Tennessee commit. Not only are you not playing against Demarius McGee, but you also uh, land a, a talented corner to replace Nate Wiggins, who's off to Clemson. All right, so Barton, let's react here just a second. Demarius McGee commits, LSU class now up to number three. Your thoughts? I think it's just it's it speaks to the day LSU's had again. I mean, they're kind of winners of the day, despite having one of the bigger losses from a player standpoint in Keanu Coat. But I, I really, again, I want to go back to just what Demarius McGee brings, and that's ball skills, that's the ability to to convert uh, with the ball in the air and 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 return value. And, and so I think particularly though, as as aggressively as LSU likes to implement their defensive stylings, uh, Demarius McGee is the type of player that can play with that sort of skill set. Look, you see the, the clips, the way he can return the football, the, the speed he's shown. He's a guy that's got so much upside to go, and, and LSU certainly proven they can develop these kind of guys. There's your speed, now they need size, and it came in the form of Mason Smith. It's five-star official now, Barton. Mason Smith commits to LSU. And these are the type of bodies that are just hard to find. I mean, you can find good defensive linemen, uh, you can find athletic defensive linemen. You can find big defensive linemen. You, it's hard to find big athletic defensive linemen. Uh, Mason Smith is a rare body type. He's like six foot five, 300 pounds plus. Uh, he can move at that size. He, he can be a penetrator. Uh, and, and I think, again, you know, when you look at what Bo Pelini wants to do and his sort of four down front, that this is a guy that can be a very active, very disruptive interior defensive lineman. And it's all because you just don't find many human beings walking on the planet Earth that look like him. Uh, Mason Smith, Steve, I know Georgia had been involved in this, had been gone back and forth. You and I touched on this a number of Tuesday mornings on the Wolf Fong Whip Around. Now it's official, Mason Smith to LSU. Your thoughts about how this recruitment unfolded? Well, I think it was a back and forth with Georgia, and I think that when LSU shifted defensive coordinators and, and put it a, de a defensive scheme under Bo Pelini, that was conducive to the front. Mason Smith wants to play, and that put LSU back in the lead, and they just had to keep holding off charges from Georgia. He visited Athens a couple times during the pandemic, had a nice relationship with the Georgia commits, but I think staying close to home. Uh, Mason Smith talked to me about his decision, and, and he said during this pandemic he wanted to go somewhere where he was most comfortable with the environment 
environment and his surroundings. And since he visited LSU the most, that was it. I mean, even when LSU hosted a, a, their recruit extravaganza back in the early fall, Garrett Nussmeyer, uh, the quarterback commit, put that together. And he was like, if I don't know something around campus, Mason Smith will be able to tell the group where we're going or what we're doing because he's so familiar with it. So Mason Smith to LSU. And in addition to what Barton said about the scouting report, I think he's going to be a tremendous leader for their defense and out, uh, an outgoing, outspoken kid. He's planning on coming in there and making an instant impact across the defensive front and helping LSU bounce back from this season. One of the most highly sought after recruits that announced was the number one outside linebacker in the 24-7 sports composite rankings, Xavier Sori. It was an SEC battle for the composite five-star linebacker with Georgia and Alabama vying for his signature. Xavier Sori does commit to the University of Georgia, so that number four rated class, Steve, just got a boost, probably moving up higher than that. So now, let's talk about it as if it has happened, because it has. Uh, immediate takeaways here, a big get for Georgia, obviously. Yeah, man, well, again, uh, Georgia, top three class off uh, for a fifth year in a row, if they can keep it together, and, and Xavier Sori, he's coming off an injury. I watched him play against Duncanville earlier this year, uh, uh, the one of the top teams in Texas, and thought, thought he looked explosive and, and twitchy off the edge, and you put him in a class with 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 Nylon Green and, and Small Munden and and they continue to reload uh, uh, high upside difference maker types on the defensive side of the ball. But the the big key to that class is, is Brock Vandergriff, of course. And uh, um, so we'll see how, how Brock Vandergriff's development is. But Sori is another uh, a pickup that we've seen them do so many times under this uh, coaching staff. And Barton, just to wrap up on Sori here, a lot of big names still left to go today. I mean. Not a huge shock, I guess, but yet again, you know, I kind of talked in the message board culture sometimes when something's expected, oh, it's not nearly as big a domino falling. Man, it's a huge deal, and if it's not a huge deal to you, pretend you didn't expect him to go to Georgia today. Like, all of a sudden, how would you frame it? So, I mean, let's frame this up. This is a big get, obviously, for the dogs. It is. Um, so he's a great pass rusher. I think he's got the ability to play in space at a really high level. He's got good length. He, uh, he's a really good basketball player. You turn on his basketball clips, he plays well above the rim. And I think that that gives you a little bit of an indication of the kind of athlete he is. And, and I think it gives you a little bit of an indication about uh, the, the, the way he is not yet tapped out, the way he has a lot of development that still could come within that athletic frame. And so I, I think going to Georgia in that defense and that sort of 3-4 system, I think he is the type of player that can really make an impact, particularly I think as a pass rusher, but also with the versatility to play on the second level as well. Now, of course, all schools have their eyes on the number one spot once the signing period comes to a close. But two schools, Alabama and Ohio State, are not only fighting for the top uncommitted recruits, but for bragging rights as the top 2021 class. The Ohio State Buckeyes, Urban Meyer's former squad there, they're sitting very pretty today, and we're talking about, obviously, a big day on tap potentially for them, and it involves a lot of really big names. Yeah, I mean, but Ohio State's sort of the kid at the front of the classroom, a little bit, a little bit of uh, done their homework, Worked ahead of time, studied. You know, there, there's no procrastinating with Ohio State. Sure, there, there's some big names still on the board, and and JT Tui Malowau is an example of a guy that certainly the Ohio State is continuing to work on and to push for one of the elite defensive players in this cycle. But Ohio State, back in say the spring when all this pandemic stuff was going on and things were shutting down. That was the team that was the lead contender as the number one class in the country. And they still are in that mix. Uh, but, but the reason it was in the mix so early is what it has done working ahead of time. You got guys like... 
Jack Sawyer, who is an elite five-star in-state talent. Emeka Buka, now that's a recent commit. He is the top uh, wide receiver in the country and a guy that Brian Hartline uh, helped recruit out of Washington. And what an effort he's had putting together great wide receiver classes over the last few years. Donovan Jackson, a five-star offensive guard who could play offensive tackle, is, is an elite player out of the state of Texas. I talked earlier about what Ohio State done, has done in the state of Texas. They also have the best running back in the country, and Travion Henderson out of Virginia. And you can kind of hear a theme as I discuss this class. Virginia, yeah. Texas, Washington, Ohio. I mean, they are hitting all corners of the map because that's where the players are. And so, look, there's no one. I, we talked a lot about Alabama today, and Alabama is absolutely the standard in recruiting under Nick Saban. But Ohio State and under Ryan Day, because everyone was worried, like, what's the recruiting going to look like with Urban Meyer gone? Ryan Day's passing that test. Um, and, and, in fact, he's acing it. I mean, they're, they're getting it done right now and, uh, and look well-equipped to continue to contend for number one classes. Let me toss it down to Fort Lauderdale and Bud Elliott. Bud, I mean, this is, hey, it's the kind of development we really look forward to on National Signing Day, but it is not necessarily a surprise if you just walked up to your TV set and you turned it on and said, oh, Bama may flip a receiver, like Bama may get a receiver. It's, okay, that's what they do. So that's what they do, Bud. I, I think Barton nailed it in that Alabama has the ability to go and get kids that they, may, they maybe didn't have the longest-term relationship with, right? And, and the, the ability they have to do that is because of how well they develop and, and put guys into the league. Not, not that LSU doesn't, but like, who has Xavier Worthy potentially lined up? And then they have the ability to say, okay, we're going to go get this kid, we're going to go get this kid on signing day. Like Nobody else has five stars and four stars, I don't want to say on standby, but sort of like that. You're flying standby to get you know, one of these last couple you know, spots in Alabama's class. And, and you guys nailed it. It's the explosive plays that win national titles now. It, it, the, the game has evolved. If you look at the teams that actually win the national titles, their, their explosive play metrics are off the charts. It's the ability to hit those game-changing plays. Defenses now, like that, that's what they try to stop too. So the, the, the schools that can still take advantage of that, they're the ones who win. As our signing day show came to a close, all eyes shifted to the top player in the country according to the 24-7 rankings. JT Tui Moloau didn't come to announce his choice, but to instead announce his top five as the attention now shifts to him as we await his choice in February. Southern Cal, Alabama, Oregon, Ohio State, Washington. You were good enough to go in alphabetical order. I wasn't good enough. Tell me what stands out about these programs to you. Man, uh, I'll start off with the first one. You know, Alabama, of course, uh, always getting a chance to talk to Nick Saban and the guru himself. It's, uh, it's always it's nothing but great conversations with him. Uh, with Ohio State, you know, getting a chance to talk to Coach Day and especially Coach Larry Johnson and what he's been doing in his history with the D linemen he's put in in the league. And then Oregon, you know, getting a chance to talk to Coach Cristobal and him rebuilding that and bringing the culture from SEC and trying to put it in the Pac-12 with Oregon. And and I, I could tell they're building something big. And uh, U, UW, I mean, SC, uh, you know, the culture over there and the history behind SC and uh, getting a chance to talk to Coach Vic and Coach Helton and the new defensive staff they have over there. And with UW, you know, they were my first my first football scholarship and also for basketball. And, uh, you know, with the hometown college out here, you know, it's nothing but great conversation with Coach Lake and Coach K. JT Tua Malawa joining us right now, number three overall player in America. So I hear a lot of people talk about you. I hear a lot of analysts talk about you. But I want to ask you face-to-face, -face, are there any teams here that stand out over the others? 
Man, as of right now, no. Uh, I'm just going to continue, you know, talking to them, Zooming with everybody. And, uh, you know, as long as talking with the family to, you know, make this make a decision sometime next year. So I know a name you know very well, of course, Emeka Ibuka, we spoke to about two hours ago. And I asked him, well, what are you saying to JTT? Here's what he had to tell us earlier. Now my role as a commit is to go after some other guys. Uh, JT being the main one since he lives in my state, and we've been friends since like sixth grade. So I'm definitely going to be on him heavy to come uh, join us at Ohio State. You know, you just got to stay on him, you know, heavy. I've been calling him, FaceTiming, FaceTiming him uh, since I committed. And, you know, we're good friends, so we joke around about it, make it a good time. Uh, but, you know, I, I definitely want him to uh, come play come play for us and, you know, uh, just help the, the Buckeyes grow. All right, so, JT, you got Ryan Day, you got Nick Saban, Clay Helton, Mario Cristobal, and the like. How good is Emeka Ibuka as a recruiter as compared to the head coaches you've been speaking to? <laughs> Emeka's been, uh, you know, he's been doing his thing. He's been uh, FaceTiming me. You know, we've been talking, having, like you said, it's been good conversations. We'll joke around here and there, but, you know, that's my dude. So he's doing his thing. He's doing his thing to, you know, stay in contact with me through my process. JT Tuamaloa, we sincerely appreciate you taking some time to join us today. Wish you the best of luck in your decision. JT Tuamaloa down to Alabama, Ohio State, Oregon, USC, and in-state Washington. He'll announce in February, and of course, all eyes will be on him, the number one player in the top 24-7 rankings. It was a fun signing day, an eventful one for sure. We hope that you enjoyed our coverage and continue to enjoy our coverage on 247sports.com. Have a good day, everyone. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? Okie dokie. Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not going to survive this. Evil. The final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount Plus.